flow straight out of our lids. Them, they got boo bodies, hard rock Brooklyn kids. Us floor rush when they DJ booming classics. You dig the crew on the fattest hip hop record. He tucks the kinks and sinks into the sounds. She frequents deep, fatter joints called undergrounds. Our funk zooms like you hit the Mary Jane. They flock to booms, man, boogie had to change. Who freaks the clips with madder mouth percussion? Where kinky hair goes the unthought of dimensions. Why is it so fly? Cause hip hop kept some drama. When butterfly rock the light from sway boomers. What by the cut? We push it off the corner. How was the buzz entire hip hop era? Was fresh and fact since they started saying Audi. Cause funk's made fat from right beneath my hood. The pooba of the styles like miles and shit. Like 60s funky worms with waves and perms. Just sending junky rhythms right down your block. We beat to rap what key beat to lock. But I'm cool like that. 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 I'm cool. We beat a chocolate tap to my raps. She innovates after sweet cat naps. He at the funk club with the vibrate. Then they be crazy down with the vibrate. It can't kick a plan than a crowd burst. Me, I be digging it with the bug burst. Us, we be freaking till dawn, peace and I. He gets a stranger smile, so I say hi. Who understood? Yeah, understood the plans. Him, her, that beat, and put it to his hands. What I just flip, let borders get loose. How to consume all the beaches like juice. If it's the shit, we'll lift it off the plastic. The babes will go spastic. Hip hop is a classic. Pimp play a shop, it don't matter. I'm fatter. Axe butter, how I zone. Man, Cleopatra Jones. And I'm chill like that. 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 Hi, welcome to the Blackout Tips Podcast with your host Rod and Karen. That's right. Say what's up to everybody. What's up, everybody? <laughs> and we're just here. Um, I'm a little under the weather, but we're just here for another week to bring you some random topics throughout the uh, news and give our take on them and a bunch of little random collections of thoughts. Uh, you can also follow my blog at www.theblackguywhotips.blogspot.com. And follow us on Twitter. I'm at Rodimus Prime. I'm Y00227, the letter Y. Alright, so, you've been hearing about Alan Iverson. Supposedly he has uh, gambling and alcohol problems. For real? Yeah, I read an article. Um, I'll read some to you. Multiple NBA sources say Allen Iverson is facing alcohol and gambling issues that have derailed his career and threatened his post-basketball well-being. Stephen A. Smith of the Philadelphia Inquirer reported in a column published Monday. According to multiple NBA sources, there is a widespread concern that the four-time NBA scoring champion who left the Philadelphia 76ers in late February to deal with his daughter's illness and will not return this season will either drink himself into oblivion or gamble his life away, Smith reported. Wow. Iverson's gambling problem is serious enough that he has been banished from casinos in Detroit and Atlantic City, New Jersey. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That's some serious gambling, ain't it? Yeah. He might have to disguise himself. And See, I always thought that he got banned because he rolls with his entourage everywhere, and yeah. I thought maybe, uh, maybe they were causing problems, and that's why. But I don't know. <clears throat> I guess a guy that gets real drunk and has a crew of 50 people is is necessarily a good company. No, it's not. The report comes as Iverson is dealing with significant personal problems. He posted four messages on Monday night on his Twitter account, acknowledging he was going through some very rough times. To my fans, you all know my life isn't perfect. I'm going through some very tough times right now, like I am sure that we all do from time to time, Iverson wrote. However, I will still stand tall unless I am drinking. Then I will probably stumble and fall over, like always, with Rhino Thick Skin. <laughs> what a way to phrase it. I added, I added some. Okay. Iverson. Iverson's wife, Tawana, filed for divorce March 4th, the same day the 76ers announced the All-Star Guard would not return for the rest of the season. In the divorce filing made in Fulton County Superior Court in Atlanta, Tawana Iverson said the couple's eight-and-a-half-year marriage is irretrievably broken, and sought full custody of the family's five children, child support, and alimony. She about to get paid. Yeah, she taking him to the bank. Yes, she is. So, I don't, man, dude, like, we actually might not see the end of Iverson. He might need to play some more next year I to know. make money if uh, he's going to have to pay all this money out. Say that again. She might get one of those Khalees payments and get 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 a, basically start a career as a mom. Wow, a career as a mom. <laughs> a lot of women would love to do that. Yeah, so 
and then also in the article, Stephen A. Smith suggested that uh, John Thompson, the senior, should come in and talk to Iverson and maybe uh, mentor him. And I don't know about that. It just seems like whenever a black athlete gets in trouble, we always look for like someone to play father figure for them, and you know, Tony yeah. Dungy or somebody like yeah. that. I just say, I mean, he's a man. If he can't handle it, he can't handle it. But maybe, you know, this is just who he is. And he's such an iconic player for my generation and for people like me. I mean, he I've never seen anyone influence the game off the court as much as Allen Iverson. Me either. I mean, maybe Michael Jordan, but in my lifetime, Iverson was the dude that he had a bunch of, like, Four foot nothing dudes growing cornrows, coming to the basketball court, shooting fifty shots in a pickup game, and <laughs> pissing everybody off. Yes, <clears throat> I've even seen dudes wear the sleeve and the Sixers jersey. Yes, and buy the Iversons. Like there was just he had a cultural influence, and because of the way he was attacked and you know labeled, it really did bring up a, a defensiveness in me, and then a lot of black NBA fans where you like. Why are you getting on this dude just because he's different? Yeah. And uh, it took a long time, but eventually people started respecting him. And now it feels like it's gone back 360. And now they're back to, you know, marginalizing him as, as a guy who's just selfish and stupid. And it's sad to see him go out this way, you know? It is. Um, but we all knew when he got older that, you know, one, you know, him taking all those beatings all his whole life was going to affect him. Yes. Because he would always lead the league in field goal attempts and free throws. Wow. Um, and if you don't see him in person, you can't really respect his game. Because on TV, you just come across as, look at this little short dude shooting all these shots. When you actually watch him in person, you realize he is the single most talented person on the court. Yeah. He's faster than everybody. And he he's is. working twice as hard as everybody. That's right. Like, he's just causing chaos out there. And just using his body as a pinball. And... I don't know, it was just so refreshing to see somebody work so hard on the court, even if they didn't work hard off the court as far as their image. That's true. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, he is who he is, and I really hope he does better. I do, too. Um, in life. Like, I just hope he's all right, because who knows what he's going to do when he can't play ball. Yeah, that's true now. All right. So, I saw somebody uh, in the elevator that brought some Girl Scout cookies. Uh-huh. Y'all have Girl Scout cookies at your job right now? Yeah, we got like two or three women that sell Girl Scout cookies. And they harass the hell out of you. I'm sorry if you sell Girl Scout cookies, but some of them just harass you. Girl Scout cookies are like drugs. They are. They're drugs you get a few times a year. But these drugs you can freeze in the freezer, and they're delicious. Yeah, not only do they probably have crack in them, but if you look at their <laughs> their model of selling stuff, yes. it's so just like, it's like the wire almost. Like you got, they be on every street corner, man. They in the grocery store. The Girl Scouts will hunt you down. And the, and the sad part about it is I'm a sucker, man. I'm a, I'm I'm just a sucker, fiending for the Girl Scout cookies. <clears throat> My favorite cookies are the Samoans. Well, let me break it down to you. This is what I'm saying. The parents are like the lookout man that takes your money. Yeah. Cause they take the money up front. Like if you go to get some crack. You don't just walk up to the crack man like, here's $10, can I have some crack? Like they, have, they have a dude that takes the money, and he tells you where to go. That's so true. the parents come up to you at your job, and they're like, hey, man, I got these Samoans. I got these, <laughs> thin you know what I'm I got these thin mints, dog. I got whatever you need, whatever you need, baby. And uh, so you go up, and you, you give them the money, and they're like, all right, meet me back here in three days, and I'm going to have all your cookies. And so that's kind of what they do. They're like, that's the same as go around the corner. They pimping us. <clears throat> yeah, going around the corner, talk to so and so. So that's part of it. And then uh, they 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 hit you up at the grocery stores. Yeah. They hit you up like they kind of sell themselves though. Like if you think about, it, they don't go door to door anymore. No. Just like crack dealers don't go door to door. You don't sell crack. Crack sells itself. <laughs> yes, it does. Those cookies sell themselves. You see little Girl Scouts looking all adorable standing outside of a I Harris know. Teeter. Uh, it's hard to walk away from yeah, that. Yeah, it is. So, I mean, you got that. And then, uh, you know, we don't know where the money goes. No. You know what I'm saying? They're just probably just using it just to make the cookies. 
And then they keep you feeling. They give you. They give you enough so you won't overdose. They keep you feeling. But it seems like they're coming out more and more times per year. It used to just come out like once, once a, a year. year. Now it seems like once every three months you got Girl Scout cookies again. Wow, I never. I know I had so we had some at the end of last year. I remember you brought them home. Yes, I did. And, and now I, I saw some, some more last week. <clears throat> so I mean, what is what's really going on? Wow, and and they slick though. They do just like the drug dealer. You know they, you know how drug dealer get you hooked on five dollars, and all of a sudden that five dollar amount is ten. That's how it is. Mm -hmm. Girl Scout cookies would be like two dollars, then it went to two fifty, two seventy five. Mm -hmm. Now it's what three seventy five or three fifty like a box that. or it something keeps going like that. Up. Yeah, cause they, cause they know when you addicted to something, man, you want to pay the high price. Yeah, even in this economy, people still buying um, Girl Scout cookies. Yes, they are. Don't even have no job, just buying Girl Scout cookies with <laughs> welfare checks and unemployment <laughs> money. And I'm surprised they don't take EBT cards. Sitting around the back of the store like, I suck your dick, man. <laughs> I got these two cheeseburgers, baby. <laughs> Give me another Samoan, please. <clears throat> so, uh, you got that. And then, the other, what I'm thinking, though, is just like The Wire. I want to become Omar to the Girl Scouts and start robbing them. You know what I'm saying? Don't do that. I don't want the cookies. I want the money. You know what I'm saying? How <laughs> they keep the cookies? They can have the cookies. I just I'm coming for the money. I just gotta get past their parents and get to the actual Girl Scouts and then get to the money and then I, you know what I'm saying? Maybe even start my own cookie selling business that makes the exact same cookies but cheaper year round. And you know the Girl Scouts done went high tech. You know they also tweeting Facebook Girl Scout cookie orders now too. Damn, see, I just know. like the wire, That's man. You get up on them one way, and they switch modes to the next way. Now they're using the internet, which is harder to trace. Yeah, it was easier when we they was on the phone. We can't track what troop you in now, dog. All right. So speaking of Girl Scouts, I hired a professional hater. Um, <laughs> This girl, Teresa, her and her boyfriend, they play ball with me at the Y. Uh-huh. And Teresa's always making a whole bunch of jokes and stuff. She knows I joke around a lot. So, um, but she's always, like, making up jokes like, oh, you weren't playing hard that game. Well, I saw you lost and you were sitting on the sideline, even when it's not true. So, I told her I want her to go on my Facebook page every day and send me a message in the morning that's my hate for the day to motivate me. <laughs> Give me some motivation, some motivation, so I can feel like, you know, I got something to live up to, something to prove wrong today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is motivation. Yeah, so I hire her as my full-time hater. I give her the weekends off. It's just Monday through Friday. I expect to wake up in the morning and see, you know, hey. You Your know, hate you, message of the day? Yeah, you ain't shit. You fucked up. Uh, you know, you, you. the other day she was telling me how she likes playing on my team. In basketball, because that means she has to work harder to make up for me being sorry. So that's, <laughs> that's the kind of hate that I—that's the kind of hate that I need her to bring. Wow! Because it helps me. You know what I'm saying? That helps me every day when I wake up to be like, "Cool, I gotta prove these haters wrong." Well, then you got people doing this for free. Come on now, at least make it a job. Yeah. So I gave her a sense of purpose. I feel like I helped her out. You know, by, by allowing her to hate on me. As a full-time gig, I basically have, I made her day. So, alright, let's see what else is going on. Um, what happened to Acid Rain? I don't know. I thought it was still around. I don't know. When the last time you saw a story about Acid Rain? Oh, it's been a long time. I'm starting to think that maybe this environmentalist shit is a hoax. Ha! And you know what? <coughs> it's not the fact that it's a hoax. I think it's the fact that... The, what they're talking about is so minute it's going to happen like a trillion years from now mm -hmm. that it's not affecting us. So a lot of people claim they don't believe in it because they're going, well, I ain't dying right now, so why should I care? I just think that is, there might not be any global warming because what the fuck, man? Acid rain was supposed <laughs> to be the most terrible yeah, thing ever. When I was in fifth and sixth grade, I remember being like, oh, God. The Statue of Liberty is going to melt to the ground <laughs> by the time I'm 30. My my yeah, work. how's my car going to drive in the rain? It's just going to be like when the aliens <laughs> got cut in the alien movies and, and it just bleeds through everything where it just turns to acid. And none of that shit came true. Oh, no. I haven't even heard a story about acid rain or the effects of it in over 
15 years, so... Yeah, it's been a hot minute. I was just thinking about that. Um, I was listening to the radio on the way home the other day. Mm -hmm. They were talking about Tiger Woods, and they had a a poll. Of course, it was on the conservative radio station, so keep that in mind. Okay. Um, But they were like... Will, if you have tickets to the uh, Quail Hollow golf tournament that mm-hmm. we have here, mm-hmm. if you have tickets to that, will you not go because Tiger Woods, if Tiger Woods says he's coming? What the hell wrong with them people? They're going to, they're gonna, Tiger Woods is the main reason why people went. The year he, I think, uh, said he was going to go and end up not going, a lot of people got pissed and wanted their money back and things like that for the fact that he really didn't attend. So, my thing is this. I think most general public can separate the two. Mm-hmm. And I think as a, a golf fan, most people miss him. I can't wait for him to come back. I'm ready to see him go on the Masters and whoop some ass. I want him to go and just beat the hell out of everybody so they can shut up and leave him alone. Yeah, I think... Uh, I just found it funny that people were just like, Yeah, you know, um, I'm not going to go. And I just kept thinking, like, if, if I could afford to go, I would go. I just kept thinking how in your everyday life, you probably deal with all kinds of people, dozens of people yes. that have done things that you would not approve of. That's right. But because you actually know this man's sins and see such a public figure, you want to refrain from doing anything or you want to act like you're going to withhold your business from him. But at the end of the day, I think they're all going to go. Yeah, they're going to go. And the people who said they weren't going to go and meant it were people that weren't going to go anyway. That's right. I think everyone can separate the morality of what he did to his wife as opposed to just him being a golfer. You know, That's true. He's not an elected official. He's there because he's the best in the world at what he does. right. And people just need to move on, man. I I, I really thought it was um, fucked up because... Our economy isn't that good right now. You're going to hurt the local economy. Because Tiger Woods isn't the only one involved in putting on this tournament. Uh, so many other people locally are invested. Yes. Um, and you're just going to sit up there and be like, I'm going to not spend my money. And some people are even like, I'm going to give my tickets to people who say they will go to watch the, the match, but they will not follow Tiger. And you know what I call those people? Suckers, because I would definitely lie to your ass and be like, I won't follow Tiger, and you gonna see me on TV on Sunday morning. Like, is that Rod holding a Tiger jersey? And where you get a? I love Tiger Woods. Yeah, you know, where where you get that Tiger outfit from? Yeah. With the tail. Where you get that red um that red polo shirt? And uh, why is he fist pumping after every kick? After every uh swing? I, I, I know, right? I wish why nigga would. Standing up. I know that's right. I, I would go see the Tiger. Yeah, I, I, I tried to go out there before, and that's that time it rained, and yes. it was like a five-hour delay. We had to leave. Yeah, if it weren't for that, we definitely would have seen them then. Man, we had clubhouse tickets. That was nice. Yes. Anyway, wing night, we've been having this ongoing debate for like two months now. Maybe even longer than that. Probably six months. <laughs> and I think I'm the only one on my side, and no one else agrees with me. And I just want to put it out there to the listeners of the podcast and Twitter and the you. Well, maybe not you. You're a woman. You wouldn't understand. But um, <laughs> they say that for like $5 million or something, a million dollars, it doesn't matter what the number is, that they would suck another man's penis or let him have sex with them anally. I say there's no amount of money that I would do that for. And these motherfuckers don't want to believe me. Well, yeah. I think they might now because I've been adamant for six months. But instead of them just saying, well, maybe you disagree, they try to call bullshit like I don't know how much money that is or whatever. I I just can't live my life knowing that I, there's another man that I let do something to me like that's that. That's right. Like there's no price that's worth that humiliation. That's what it is. And I'm sorry. I mean, maybe it's a weakness having this kind of pride or that type of uh, mentality. You know, maybe I'm not even saying it's a strength. But my mind won't allow me to just be like, yeah, that's cool. Because I, I just can't have that person having that. That's the tr- ultimate trump card. Yeah, like, that almost like power over you. Yeah, it's, it's not worth yeah, it. Yeah, and, and, and getting I mean, joked forever about it. Yeah. yeah, like you can't win no argument. You can't be like, man, LeBron better than Kobe. Because then they just I'm like, what? Ain't you the one that got fucked in the ass? Like, you can't win that <laughs> argument. You can't come back from that. No, you can't. Well, what could you say to that? Uh, Yes. Like, there's no comeback from that shit. 
Anyway, I'm putting it out there for everybody else. Uh, we saw some movies this week. Yeah. Oh, I did. I saw some movies. Karen saw one. Uh, I saw Brooklyn's Finest. I liked it. Uh, a lot of cop story cliches in it, but it's all mixed together uh, pretty well. Okay. And they're splitting between the stories or whatever, so that you're never really stuck on one story for too long. It's kind of almost like an ensemble piece. Don Cheadle, you know, once again, masterful actor, does a great job. Uh, Wesley Snipes was in it. Um, I heard that this was filmed back before he had IRS problems, okay. and they're just now releasing it. Wow. Um, Richard Gere was in there being a Captain Saberho again. I think, I think we need to move Richard Richard Gere up from Captain Saberho to Commander in Chief Saberho because he held <laughs> he it down. He got this promoted. Movie. Yeah, he held it down in this movie. Um, <clears throat> and the other thing about the movie was it was dark. Some some um, like it's kind of a movie about just questionable moral decisions and the situations that you're put in and the. The way you deal with things emotionally, even if you're even if you're a cop. Um, okay. So I, I don't want to spoil anything. I just want to say it's a good movie, not great. Probably like a seven out of ten, six and a half out of ten. Uh, <laughs> and one thing I noticed in all cop movies, why why does HR decisions in cop uh, offices, police precincts, why do the HR decisions get made so fast and haphazardly? Like it's always <laughs> just like. Yeah, it's like the chief just comes up to you. He's like, "You too. You're working with Mahone today." You know, it's, it's never like there's <laughs> never no preparation or training, or it's just like, just, you know, the dude comes in. He's like, "I'm I'm three days away from retiring. You're training all the new officers. You got three days to catch this case. You know, I'm taking you off the case. Your friend died. Like it's too much." Yeah. All, all the fucking and, decisions and I made then, like and that. And in the reality, it's really slow. It takes months to make one decision. You know, if something happened, you got a six month investigation with paid, non leave, and all that stuff. So, yeah. It's yeah, not my job, simple. I know every job I've ever had, even when I was like a waiter, like it was, it took them a while just to be like, hey, you work in a different section. Or, Say that again. You're gonna, we need you to change your shift. Like, Cop in cop movies, it's just like it's you're working from twelve to twelve today. You know, whether you want to or not, nigga, get this <laughs> yeah. working. You're going on a raid. I know it's your first day. Got to kill some terrorists. But um, <laughs> anyway, and then the other thing, I noticed a couple of continuity problems. This won't ruin the movie or anything. I shouldn't even say continuity problems. It's not. It's just movie mistakes. I hate in movies when people are in a car and they don't wear the over-the-shoulder part of the seatbelt. And it's in every movie. That, that, how is that realistic? That's not. How is that realistic? That is ridiculous. Uh, and it's such a. How would that affect acting? What is it going to put a crease in the shirt? <laughs> it really? You can't get another shirt. <laughs> they don't want. They don't want. They don't, they don't want the, the strap to out uh, to outstage the actor. Yeah, and the thing is, when you're in a high speed chase pursuing the suspect at 110 miles mm-hmm. an hour through a busy city street in New York, you're gonna wear your fucking seatbelt. I'm sorry, you are. No one's gonna just fucking go commando. In the seat and just see what happens. I'm Hope sorry. I make it. You're, yeah, you're a trained professional police officer. <laughs> um, and then another mistake I, I noticed was um, when they're in the car, in one scene, Richard Gere is talking to this rookie police officer, and they kind of show the dashboard of the car, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you can see the right blinker is on the entire scene, but he never <laughs> makes a right. Oh. He never makes a right turn. He just what is he, the old lady in Florida or something? Well, he, now, in all fairness, he was the cop that was about to retire. Oh, okay. okay. So maybe maybe they yeah. were making a statement. <laughs> old people don't like fucking with them signal lights. No. I'm old. I'll turn. You better move. Yeah. Also, I saw a Magic vs. Bird doc- documentary. It was cool. Um, cool. Really brought back some memories and really uh, went into, like, what kind of rivals they were and, like, how cool they were. Um off the court as a, like they used to hate each other and then Magic got AIDS and then Bird even got kind of shook up and just didn't really love the game anymore after that and, I mean it was cool though just seeing like the one thing I forgot about Magic though when they showed those like his face and all those pictures he was just a killer mentally even with that smile like when the game started that smile was off yes it, and, it was game time yeah and he was just a threatening force on the court. There was none of that, like, that bullshit on the court. He wanted to destroy you, and he wanted to beat you, and all the friendliness was gone. Yeah. Uh, so he was such a competitor, and you have to be to win five rings. 
So, and they talked about his off the court, you know, activities with women and how he attracted, uh, contained, uh, attained HIV. Mm-hmm. And the thing about that was he, he, they brought up like how magic was, it was like Irvin and then magic and magic was like the star, the celebrity and he just soaked up all the fame and, you know, just got mm-hmm. bigger and bigger. And so this magic personality really was what got him AIDS, basically. And Mm -hmm. it was interesting listening to him say that he didn't regret that magic part of his personality because he wouldn't have won five championships without that. That's true. So it's kind of, you know, it's kind of an interesting uh, statement to say that. Um, And then we saw Alice in Wonderland. That was good, y'all. And uh, it was, we saw the IMAX 3D. I suggest you see it in 3D. It doesn't have to be IMAX. It's not like Avatar. Yeah. Um, but it was good. Um, the 3D added some, you know, depth to the movie. Not a lot. No. Um, it's not necessary. But I did enjoy the darker take on Alice in Wonderland. I did too. I believe Tim Burton directed it. So uh, he's the same guy that did Batman and Nightmare Before Christmas. So of course it's gonna be dark. And for all you parents out there, it is PG-13, and it is PG-13 for a reason. Don't take your six-year-old and then complain to the movie theater about it being too dark. It is PG-13. Yeah, your kid will have nightmares, because there's some pretty... There's violence in this, and there's humor, too, but, you know, I can see how the imagery would would freak a kid out. Um, Especially younger children. Yeah, Yeah. especially a younger kid. I did, like, um, the... Queen, the Red Queen. Yeah, she played the one with the huge head. Yeah, she played that role. Yes, man. she did. I don't know. I guess it's too early to talk about Oscars in March, but damn, boy, she was good. She was real good. I hope she gets nominated. Um, and the the other thing that was funny is we were like 20 minutes into the movie, and you know everything. If you know the story of Alice in Wonderland. Everything in the fucking movie talks. Yes, it does. Flowers talk, rabbits talk, people talk, you know, just everything fucking talks, right? So there's a part where this dude is talking to a dog and he's like, you know, go find Alice and one Alice or whatever and I'll free your family. And so the dog runs off and then the, the dude is just sitting there on top of his horse get about to follow the dog and the horse goes, dogs are so stupid. And Karen turns to me and says, That horse can talk? I'm oh, sorry, y'all. I don't know why I threw me for a loop. Everything else been talking the whole movie. But it was just something about that horse talking. I was like, What the hell is that horse talking for? Yeah, we already. I'm sorry, y'all. We had already established that. That everything, everything can talk. Everything can fucking talk in the movie. I, I don't know. laughed at me, y'all. I, I thought that was funny. Um, NCAA brackets came out today, and everybody wants to know what I think about them. People hit me up on Twitter. Um, I'm not going to drop any thoughts, man. Um, I just think that it's all about your matchups, yeah. and the most important thing is you got to go out and win six games. Yep. doesn't matter who's seated where, who's ranked where. Everyone gets so into these fucking seeds and rankings, but when you think about it, North Carolina started off the the year as a top five ranked team. The rankings don't mean shit. The seedings don't mean anything. The locations mean a little bit because you're like, okay, if I'm from North Carolina, I want to play in North Carolina. I understand that. Well, as close to it as I can. Right. I understand that. But in general, go out and fucking win. Don't don't wait for someone to save you, and don't try to make it into uh, well, why we had to play this this team. They're tough. Fuck it, man. Just go beat them. Go beat them, and that's the end of it. That's right. Um, I, someone was talking about Duke getting a high seed or some shit, and oh, they play the weakest number two in Villanova. Well, last time I watched Duke, I still say their weakness is very athletic, quick guards, and who was Villanova full of guards that are quick and athletic. I mean, you never know what'll happen in this That's tournament. That's right. It's one of them things. With one thing I do like about March Madness, I like I like the one and done, and also I like the fact that any anybody really can win, and that's something that people don't want to talk about. People get wrapped up in the numbers, and seeds do beat low seeds do beat high seeds. Yeah, yeah. I, like I said, it, <coughs> there will be some upsets. Let's just calm down. And let's do some random stories. You okay. want to do a couple before we get out of here? Yes, sir. Um, alright. Meet the people who are percolating in the coffee party. Percolating? Mm-hmm. 
It's time for the percolator. It's time for the percolator. It's time for the percolator. <laughs> All right, Atlanta, Georgia. This is on CNN. In one chair sits a rural retiree, his financial security shot in a slump, a humble southerner who's never thought much about politics. In another seat is a born northerner, an inner city northerner, an inner city native, a relative of a civil rights giant. And nearby, circling the table, are an economist and artist, a one-time John McCain supporter, and a long-haired guy who's rich in Woodstock memories. Meet these members of the Coffee Party movement. An organically grown, freshly brewed push that is making this official kickoff Saturday. Wow. They are killing it with these coffee references. Across the country, even as around the globe, they, are, they and other Americans are in at least several hundred communities. In at least several hundred communities are expected to gather in coffee houses to raise their mugs of Java to something new. These professionals, musicians, and housewives, whoa, they got them all. Ooh, yeah. They're frustrated liberal activists, disheartened conservatives, and political newborns. They're young, old, rich, poor, black, white, and all other shades of color. Oh, yeah, right. I would really like to see all them mixes together. I really want to see who's coming to these Java parties. <laughs> Born on Facebook just six weeks ago. The group boasts more than 110,000 fans as a Friday morning. Uh, you know what else has 110,000 fans on Facebook? Um, uh, Peter Griffin from Family Guy. You, you can't just fucking say we have a Facebook group. I know it's so. And now we are ready to mobilize and become a party. Of you know how many people on Facebook and they just own Facebook? Uh, the coffee party is billed by many as an answer to the tea party. More than, tea got, they got beef going on. Yes, and Tea Party has more than a thousand fewer fans. Ooh, Ooh damn. Mm. A year old protest. <laughs> Can you unfriend some of these people? <laughs> I know. How does that work? A year old protest means that steeped in fiscal conservative and boiling hot anti-tax rhetoric. The, this new group calls for civility, objects to obstructionism, <laughs> And demands that politicians be held accountable to the people who put them in office. So this this is basically going to be the weakest party of all time. Cause you got to look at it like the things you stand for aren't things that are gonna make your rally stand out or gonna get the media to come cover you. No. You stand for civility. So we we object to objecting. <laughs> you know, we object to obstructionism. We, we, uh, this you know, is a waste of damn everyone time. be nice. They're, they're just like the, a kindergarten kid, uh, teacher. It just comes like, everybody everybody be nice. Everybody sit down. Everybody calm down. Treat each other well. No smacking. Yeah. The coffee bar. The government has become so broken that the will of the people has been lost in the political game, says Stacey Hopkins, 46th coordinator of Atlanta, Georgia chapter. And the only voices you're hearing are the ones of those who are screaming the loudest. They have the right to their views, but they don't have the right to speak for all Americans. At a recent coffee party planning meeting at Manuel's Tavern, an Atlanta political institution, around 40 people gathered to speak for themselves. They brought their own stories and why they were here. I really just think mm. this was designed by Starbucks to... Yeah, to increase their sales. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. You know, Starbucks is loving this. Ooh, we got to get some more tables. Get some more Wi-Fi out here. <laughs> yeah. Coffee party meeting. Coffee party meeting. I know. We got to We got to get it together. We need an extra frappuccino, man. Yeah, make sure you get your uh your, your, your latte before yes. you uh, attend the coffee party meeting. That'll be $12, please. We need to stock up on 2% milk. Yeah. <laughs> When the next truck coming in? So, I, I thought that was funny. Um, <clears throat> speaking of coffee, Gucci Man and Young Jeezy entourages brawl in Atlanta. Waka, Waka Flocka sustains injury. Um, I've never heard a song by Waka Flocka, by Me the way. Me either. I'm looking at you like, who is a Waka Flocka? And, you know, he's... He's not like a Fracker Rock character. I'm sorry, but these niggas are all whack. Gucci Man and Young Jeezy, why are y'all listening to this uh, shit? Anyway. Somebody is. A near-fatal shootout between the incarcerated rapper Gucci Man and Young Jeezy's entourage reportedly took place Thursday, March 4th afternoon in Atlanta, Georgia. So one of them's locked up, but their entourages are still fighting? Wow. Really? Really, though? For real? For real. Y'all niggas need jobs. And a life. <laughs> Can we all just get along? This afternoon, members of Gucci Man's crew, including Waka Flocka, 
<laughs> just there's a grown man called Waka Flocka, and people listen Waka to his Waka. music. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm I kept sorry. thinking. Of. Waka Waka, <laughs> Waka Flocka is a real person, wow. and people buy you his shit. His, how can you say his name? Look at him with a straight face, man. I can't picture my. I would call him whatever his like. Listen, Carlos. Or whatever the fuck his real name is. Like, I would not call him Waka Flocka. No, what, what your government name is, that's what I'm calling you. Members of Gucci Man's crew, including Waka Flocka, confronted Jeezy's clique in the Atlanta, in the Atlanta clothing store. These niggas fighting in the gap. Wow. A fight ensued, and Waka's <laughs> Waka security detail fired a gun during the melee. So he had a security detail, and he was rolling with a clique. Like, really, do you have enough bodyguards? Wow. And just like a t- any typical fucking uh, shootout between black males between the ages of 13 and 21, uh, the gun didn't hit anybody. No no injuries were reported, but an eyewitness said a walker, whoever he is, he's got a big swollen eye right now. Police have also confirmed the event took place around mid-afternoon. The fight started around 4 p.m. Thursday when Mames, because he's Gucci Mane, Main's group walked into the store, popular with celebrities, and spotted Jesus' associate, said Patrick, said witness Patrick Morrison. Oh, he's snitching. What? Put his name in the in the news, Patrick Morrison. Wow. Better watch your backpack. Wow. <laughs> they were there was a physical altercation inside the location between several men as they were trying on baby gap tees. Atlanta <laughs> police spokesman James Polite confirmed <laughs> it to, to the AJC <laughs> that the new fall cut was in line. Yes, it was. <laughs> maybe that's what. Maybe it's on clearance. It was on the clearance rack. Yeah, I know. It was like, hey man, that's the fall cut. Don't you know I'm, I'm the only one that wears button ups in this crew? Aww. One of the men produced <laughs> produced a weapon. I hate when they say that. Produced a weapon. What did he do? Make it on the spot? Yeah. <laughs> Like, Give me one second. Uh, hand me the chain. Can I see that screwdriver? Thank you. Give me a second. I gotta produce this. Or maybe he produced it like a rapper or something. Maybe. He's like, I'm gonna lay the beat down. And, and, and the, the thing is, what is this? A black, a black, what is it? A far side story? Everybody show up at the, at the joint and case each other out and dance around the clothing store. What's going on here? I don't know. A West Side story. West Side man. story. Yeah, maybe that, that came in. It's like, boy, boy, crazy boy. Yeah. Just keep it cool, boy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you like this? Yeah. I know you like this leather jacket. It's on sale. I found it back in the bag. It's ninety nine ninety nine, thirty percent off. <laughs> Jazz hands, young Jeezy. I know. Jazz hands. Put them up. Put them up. <laughs> As a result, a private armed security guard of a local entertainer discharges a weapon. Where was the top flight security uh, of the mall at? Mm-hmm. Numerous sources allege that Flocka <laughs> damn name. I'm sorry. Was attacked by a slick puller. Wow. Slick Puller. Slick Puller. Why they getting these names? An up? artist. They might signed, need to be beat. If these I are think this is names. the cast of the Mac. <laughs> <laughs> an, art, an artist signed the Young Jesus Corporate Thugs with a Z Entertainment label. Now, what's funny to me about that is this nigga had to go get a patent and incorporate Thugs with a Z Corporate Thugs Entertainment Inc. Uh, somewhere there's a patent with that on there. A trademark. <laughs> Corporate Thugs Entertainment Inc. Members of the group USDA United Dope Boys of America. That does not. That that is not the initials for USDA. No, that's not. That would be UDBA. Fuck. Ugh, niggas can't spell. <laughs> Story has it that Waka Flocka and Slick Puller have been beefing since an altercation that happened in Miami a few months ago. Explains celebrity photographer Freddie O. Slick Puller wanted to get it popping, and that's what he tried to do. After a tussle and a fight throughout the entire well, throughout the entire Walter store with the customers, gunfire rang out. In the end, Slick Puller left the store while Waka Flocka was left with a bloody nose and eye. Wow. Freddie O. What? That's a good photographer now? I, I clear not only that. Ain't the USDA the people that inspect the food? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's so I was like, no, there's something very wrong with that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they don't want to be associated with <laughs> corporate thugs entertainment. No. Or Young Jeezy. I know. They'll come up with a disclaimer. They do not represent us. I don't understand how Slick Puller wanted to get it popping. Get it cracking? And that's what he tried to do. But then my man, my man Waka Flocka was like, no, let's not get it popping up in this Walters. You know, I'm just here to buy me some the latest shorts. Uh, the, the new, uh, the new, um, 
What's the new jeans called again? Tight jeans. <laughs> the skinny jeans. <laughs> the new skinny jeans is out, and I really don't have yes. time to get it popping right now. Yes, and I got and I got a bright yellow sweater that would perfectly go with this. I mean, we just talked about Big Diet getting killed last week. Uh, what are they doing this for his anniversary or something? What's I going mean, on? I mean, here we are with some even whacker, some real whack rappers. Even if she so at least Biggie could rap. Tupac could rap. Yeah. I learned in the rap game, once you got heat, people want to stand next to you. Gucci revealed in an interview with radio personality Big Boy. Once I established myself as being a credible artist, as someone who could make some money, then in that time, the people want to bring something to the table. Before the conversation, we had collaborated. We had collaborated? <laughs> this nigga sound like he just got out of prison. <laughs> That's some incarceration talk for real. <laughs> Which one of these dudes like up? I can't. Is it Gucci Man? Freddie O. Oh, yeah. Rick. <laughs> All in the story. <laughs> this interview, this interview must, have been from, uh, must have been from prison. It must have been a phone interview. Because okay. he's in the conversation we had collaborated is straight up. That Muslim talk that you get from me going to prison, that Malcolm X shit. <clears throat> we have been talking and we kind of had a mutual agreement together. Both of us are so big and got so many people that want to party with us. It's kind of selfish that say we travel around the world. I knew me personally, I didn't want that on my hand. We already collaborated on two songs. One is already out and one is debuting in the first in a few weeks. Uh, I don't even understand what the fuck that comment meant. Wow. What does he mean they collaborated? Him and Waka Flocka or Young yeah, Jeezy? I don't know. Somebody got together. Uh, anyway, hopefully these people will kill each other and that, that'll be the end of this shit. <clears throat> Minneapolis, Minneapolis man. Minneapolis? Minneapolis man charged with sharing child porn in coffee shop. Oh. Think he was part of the coffee party? He probably was while they was talking. He's like, I'm outraged with the government. Hey, come look at these um, the six-year-old titties. A uh, 47-year-old man was arrested and charged with sharing child pornography at a Minneapolis coffee shop. Um, okay, I just got to state this about this article. I'm going to read the first three lines of the article consecutively, and I want you guys to... Tell me what the difference is. The title, Minneapolis Man Charged with Sharing Child Porn in Coffee Shop. The subtitle, 47-year-old man was arrested and charged with sharing child pornography at a Minneapolis coffee shop. He could have been sharing porn at a coffee shop or a coffee at a porn shop. It doesn't really matter. I guess one is illegal and one isn't. Um, right. A 47, and this is the third line of the article. Which is the first paragraph. A 47-year-old Minneapolis man was charged Friday with sharing child pornography at a downtown Minneapolis coffee shop. They just said the same thing three times. Yes, they did. Uh, I should just start uh. skipping to the second paragraph of these things. The man, Ivan Wayne Tinkate, was arrested Thursday, said FBI Special Agent E.K. Wilson. Hmm, you don't see very many people that go by just their initials unless they... Uh, play point guard or for Texas or something. Um, <clears throat> according to Wilson, undercover FBI agents made contact with 10K who was using the screen name I-10-10 I-T-E-N the number 10. Sharing child pornography using a wireless IP address associated with a coffee shop on 3rd Avenue S in Minneapolis. <laughs> Subsequent surveillance I don't think I can say Minneapolis, right? Uh, subsequent surveillance identified the users at 10K, the FBI said. He was charged with possessing, transporting, and distributing child pornography according to a criminal complaint filed Friday in federal court in St. Paul. He was ordered, he was ordered held pending a detention hearing. So you think um, my man caught him? I think he walked in and said, have a seat over there. <laughs> have a seat over there. I was just trying to order some coffee. Be like, uh, how would you like your last coffee before mm -hmm. you go to jail for a long, long time? I was just gonna talk to him and try to tell him not to do this, thing. not to have his parents weren't home, not to have people over. Um, sir, sir, uh, did you bring the condom? Um, yeah, I got one in my back pocket. Um, <laughs> sir, sir, uh, we're at Starbucks. Uh, why do you have a fifth of an ounce of sake? Um, alcohol is not allowed in here. Um, I was just setting the mood, setting the mood for what, sir? <laughs> For the porn you trying to watch? I wonder if he walked out the coffee store and the police was like, Get on the ground! Get on the ground! And he's crying like, My wife! 
life. Ah, uh, yes, sir. I'm just a, I'm just a school teacher. I missed that show. Bring it back. Oh no. Um, here's an uplifting story. An entire graduating class of Urban Prep Charter Academy accepted to college. Wow. Yep. Chicago's Urban Prep Charter Academy has a mission for its students to graduate and succeed in college. Now for the first graduating class in high school, it's mission accomplished. All 107 seniors were accepted to a four-year college, a significant accomplishment considering they are one of the toughest neighborhoods on the south side of Chicago. Wow. These are not so-called gifted kids at a private school. The public high schools open to all, choosing students by a lottery. It doesn't just happen that public urban school graduates all of their all of their students and get them into college, said Tim King, the school's founder. Just four years ago, when King started the school, only 4% of the class was re reading at a gra at grade level. Wow. Yeah, so 96% of the kids that weren't on grade level. Um, <clears throat> so how did they overcome the odds? King School created a school that excused nothing and, ex and expected everything. Each new freshman started school, started school gets his own wristwatch to keep track of time. Kids would be late and say they didn't know what time it was. Part of our creed reads, we make no excuses, so we wanted to remove that excuse. There was no excuse for me being late. Um, students attend school for 8.30 a.m. to 4.30. That's like a fucking eight-hour day. Wow. That's 72,000 more minutes in high school than most other students. Almost an extra school year. Damn. They are in double period of English each and every day. Four years of math, four years of science, four years of social study, three years of foreign languages. It's an eight-hour day, so it's basically prepping us for having a job, said Ahmad Wright, a student at the school. I think that's a plus and a motivation. If that's what it's going to take to get where I want to be, student Marlon Marshall said, then I'm willing to deal with it. Urban Prep Charter Academy was the first all-male charter school in the country. It's all-male to eliminate the distractions from female students. The school isn't limited to African-American students, but it reflects the makeup of the neighborhood. Data in Chicago shows 2.5% of African-American boys will make it through college. Wow. Wow. Only 2.5% of black men, black boys graduate college. Wow. The young men at the academy wear suit jackets, ties, and it's a sign of respect. It distinguishes us. We stand out in the crowd, said Jerry Hines, freshman year, maybe. People had problems with it at first, but after a while, you see the bigger picture. These uniforms show that, oh, he's wearing a tie. He wants to do something with himself. Wow, this is amazing. The first graduating class has a ritual. When students are accepted to college, they receive a special tie of red and gold for their accomplishment. The school's budget is supplemented by private donors to pay extra expenses like uniforms. But for the students, the next hurdle is the cost of college. Students paying for college is one of the big potholes. King said, yeah, I bet. I mean, you got to either get a scholarship. Just getting in isn't enough. I know it's so. But, you know, maybe student loans. To help with the challenge, the school has, reached, has each family fill out financial aid forms and it requires them to attend workshops. They have thus far received $2.2 million in scholarships and grants. We defied the odds. We proved statistics wrong and we made so many people proud of what we decided to do and and the life we decided to live. Four years from now, we will be celebrating their graduation from college. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, wow. it is. That took a lot of hard work. I bet you a lot of people don't know what had to go behind the scenes and, and a lot of the struggle, not only for the students, but for the teachers, man. You had the bulk of the student population not reading on grade level. 4% was reading. It's kind of cool, too, because I had to watch the taste of that ignorance from Waka Flocka and Young Jeezy out of my mouth yeah, with some positivity. Yeah. Some black dudes that ain't killing each other. This, this is a palate cleanser, yes. Yeah, because that <laughs> shit is terrible. Yeah. But uh, this is so cool, man. It reminds me of the Harlem Children's uh, program that they started that uh, Obama wants to try to adopt uh, nationwide and spread um, where you basically take kids from a young age and try to uh, get them on the right path, but this is even better because they actually took kids from high school age, so they were already fucked up. They took them from high school age and basically taught them how to be good students by just keeping them in school longer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and for a lot of parents, eight thirty, four thirty might be perfect for a lot of parents. I mean, because that that thing is that 
you're at school the same hours I'm at work. Let's make this convenient for parents. So yeah, from 8.30 to 4.30, you ain't going to have time to want to go do some dumb shit after school. No, you're not. You work a full eight hours, you're going to want to go home, do your homework, go to bed, and do it all over again. Yeah. They're like, let's go back. Let's go rob a store. Nigga, I'm tired. I said that again. I got just, I got I got to do this homework. <laughs> all right, well, I was going to do a couple more stories, but let's go ahead and end this thing right now. We're about 50 minutes in. So, just want to say thank you guys for spending some time with the Black Guy with Tips podcast. He's the host, um, Rodimus Prime. You can follow me on Twitter at Rodimus Prime. And you can follow me at Y00227, the letter Y. And I'm glad we ended on a positive note. And y'all keep, you know, trying to be positive people. Yeah. And uh, we love you guys and we love, love you. I love you too, sexy. And we are out.